Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Love God, love others. Those words sound familiar. Do they ring a bell to you in any way? Where do you think the last place you saw those words were? Any, any ideas on where that? Yes, thank you, thank you. In case you need a little bit of help, they're on the front of your bulletin. As uh, some uh, folks are pointing out, they're on the side walls of our auditorium. They're almost on every external door of the building. Uh, and this weekend, I'm excited that basically I get to speak to you about the mission of Grace Community, to love God and to love others. I was fortunate enough to be in a meeting um, many, many, many years ago when the pastor at that time, Brian Yeager, and a leadership team sat down at a table and said, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to have for the mission of Grace Community Church, to love God and to love others. And there is so much wrapped up in just those four words. Love God, love others. We know it's a shortened down version. It's a much easier version to market to remember compared to where we get that from out of the Bible. From the Bible, this is known as the first and the greatest commandment. And in this greatest commandment, it's a fun fact for you, this commandment right here to love God and to love others is actually older than the 10 commandments. And so Jesus is asked this question. He says, teacher, which commandment is greatest in Moses' teachings? And Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Our mission statement here, it sums up those words out of scripture really nicely. And I love that if anyone were to come up to us and ask us, what are you guys about at Grace? We could sum it up really well. We could say, hey, we are about loving God and loving others. But when we look at this a little bit more closely, especially the first part of what Jesus calls the greatest and the most important commandment, and that's really where I'm going to be spending uh, all of my time this weekend in talking about that, is we have to pay attention to a small three-letter word that shows up several times in that scripture. And that word is all. Scripture says, love the Lord with all of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your mind. In the book of Mark, the gospel writer here even adds in strength, that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our strength. When I was looking at this verse and studying it out, you know, I've I've known this verse forever, but when you look at it and you sit down and you look at it from a, a different point of view about when you're teaching on it, I thought, you know, this sounds overwhelming. All of these alls in here. And I thought, am I capable of all? Is God asking for perfection here? Am I capable of all, all the time? And when I study this out, what I really realize here, that it's, it's, God is not asking and not commanding perfect, perfection out of us. He's showing us this is doable. He's saying this is attainable for you. And the idea here isn't that we can never make a mistake in any of these areas that God is calling us to. Scripture isn't telling us that we have to love God perfectly with all of our heart. And from this point forward, there's never room for any one word that we may speak that may be off course. He's not telling us that we have to love God perfectly with all of our, all of our mind. And from this point forward, we can never have another wayward thought. 
It's not saying that we have to love God perfectly with all of our soul. And from this point forward, there's no room for another wayward emotion. But instead, it's teaching us that we have to love God comprehensively, that we have to love him with every single part of our being, heart, soul, mind, and strength. That we love him and we do it when we love him with our talk, with our feelings, with our thinking, and with our acting. To love him as a whole, to love him wholly, completely, and comprehensive with every part of us. So what does it look like? What does it look like to have a comprehensive love? How do we do it? One area of thought and opinion on this gives us a quick summary of these areas. Loving God with all of our heart often happens in our talking, in our communicating with each other and with the world. Loving God with all of our soul happens with our feeling and we are sharing compassion. Loving God with all of our mind, I think this one's a little bit more obvious as it has to do with our thinking. And then adding in from the book of Mark, loving God with all of our strength. This happens when we are doing when we are doing something in this world, when we are doing something to make a difference in the lives that are around us. So God would be calling us to love him in each of these ways. And here's what I think, that if we would really pay attention to loving him in all of these ways, I think in turn, without even knowing it, that we are giving the world what it desperately needs. And wouldn't you say that right now, perhaps more than any other time in our lifetime, that the world more than ever is in need of godly seasoned and godly influenced communication and compassion and consideration and contribution from every single follower of Christ? I believe that with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, that the world is not in need of us preaching down at them, not railing against something, not judging them, but if we were to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, so many things would take care of themselves. And here's why this part is so true, why it carries so much weight. It carries urgency. Because when this commandment came down to love God, it is not for us to just think it's only for those who already know God. This commandment is for everyone because Jesus wants everyone to love God. He wants everyone to come into a saving knowledge, a saving love for them. There's urgency for here for us to share who God is to us, what he means to us, what he's done for us, the unconditional love that he offers us so that we can share that to bring others into that same saving love of God. It's early September now and it makes me think and makes me ask the question, have you got your one yet? You might remember last year when Carl put the challenge out to each of us to lead one person to Jesus before this Thanksgiving you'd still have time. Remember prayer, care, and share that Carl was talking to us about? You have time to bring someone to Christ. God has equipped us to love him in all of these areas because he has embodied us with all of these areas of heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we think about this one, when this becomes truth for us to love God with all of our being, I think that we set out on this journey, and I think when we do that, we, we, we're all in. We set out with the fullest and the best of intentions. And then like with a lot of things, things happen, time goes on, and we, we drift a little bit from the path that we initially set out on. And when we drift off from the path of something where we are loving God with all of who we are, 
that drift makes it look like sometimes, well, we're, we're kind of doing things a little more half-hearted. That's how it can look from the outside. Instead of giving all that we have, like I think we fully, fully intend to do. This drift can happen even with the most meaningful of intentions. Uh, consider this mission statement here this morning from a very, very well-known university here in the U.S. This is their mission statement. <clears throat> to be plainly instructed and consider well the main end of your life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ. This university that I'm talking about was founded in 1636, and at that time it was made up of exclusively Christian professors. It emphasized character formation in its students, and above all else, in the foundation of the university, in all of its policies, and all of its practices, they were all based in a Christ-centered worldview. The university was meant and set out, it served as, as a beacon for academic excellence and also for Christian distinction. And it might surprise you to know that this mission statement, it does not come from Dallas Theological Seminary, it doesn't come from Wheaton College. This is the actual mission statement for Harvard University. Harvard actually began as a school to equip pastors to share the gospel. Today, Harvard's well-known. We know that it is an incredible institution. We know it's got unmatched reputation, but it's really had a drift from its founding principles and its spiritual heritage is way less visible today than it was when it got going. Way less visible, aside from what it, the words that read on the diploma if you graduate from Harvard. The words are Christo et Ecclesias around Veritas, meaning truth for Christ and the church. At Harvard's 350th celebration, anniversary celebration, in the midst of all of the things that Harvard is doing well, in all the midst of the things that they've done well in the past, there was a comment that was made and it was like, yet the bad news is that the university has become godless. I think that 350th celebration was like back in 1986 or something. Uh, Carl was just sharing with me that about a week or 10 days ago, and you may have seen this in the news, that Harvard appointed an atheist chaplain. Those words ring back to the 350th anniversary celebration, don't they? And the bad news is that the university has become godless. And I think those are staggering words to hear in any context. And may they never be said about us. But this kind of drift happens. And if this kind of drift that happens slowly and subtly can happen to Harvard, it can happen to us when we get carried away from our core processes and our core identities. And the reason why I truly appreciate what this scripture about the greatest commandment is telling us is it gives us a direction that we can head towards. And that three-letter word, all, in front of heart, mind, soul, and strength, it's like a directional guide for us. It's a measuring stick for us that if we can have the self-awareness about us, and if we can't, can we gather people around us so that we have people that say, hey, I think you're, I think you're drifting just a little bit. We're gonna have a, a small group launch next weekend. What a great way to gather people around us that can help us from drifting into half-hearted areas when we really want to intend to be in the whole-hearted areas. Colossians 3.23 states, and it's a scripture that many of you know really well, that whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. Kim crossed this quote from Michael Jordan that caught my attention, and he once said that I have always believed that if you put in the work, that the results will come. 
I don't do things half-heartedly because I know that if I do, I can expect half-hearted results. The stakes are just way too high for us not to do things wholeheartedly. As we go on in our time this weekend, maybe in these areas of heart, soul, mind, and strength, God is nudging you like, ooh, that, that part right there, that could use a little strengthening in your life. What is one small step that you could do to take something that might be more toward the half-hearted direction toward the wholehearted direction? Something that you might be doing one little bit different today than you did yesterday. And here in a few moments, I'll show you how we're going to kind of map this out. We, uh, we recently moved my son, Mark, to college, and he was able to do his first year here in town at CMU Montrose. And when he started, they said, oh, there'll be no problem. He can do his first two years in town. And so we were like really relieved about that because we weren't ready to, to have him go and he wasn't ready to go. And then when he got to the end of year one, they said, oh, we don't have anything left uh, in town. So we moved him to uh, Junction a couple weeks ago. And so I know that this is like small potatoes to some of you who have had kids or just moved kids who are hours away from home or days away from home. But this was still a big deal for us. And uh, move-in weekend, it went really well. We walked the campus. We double-checked his schedule. We checked out all the places to each, which um, CMU Junction has like amazing places. They have a Starbucks and a Chick-fil-A in their university center. We got his room all set, so it was a safe haven for him. And I'm like sailing through the weekend without any emotion. I'm just like, I'm going to make it. I've had months to prepare myself for this day. And I'm doing great, and I really almost made it until we drove away from campus and I got like two blocks away. I just started to feel this heat started to raise from my stomach and my chest and my throat up into my face. And I look out of the corner of my eye and I look over at Nancy and she looks like she is just doing great. And I'm just like, I'm just about ready to bring her down. So it it comes up to the tear level and I just blurt out in the car. I go, well, here I go. And the tears came and, uh, you know, I know the timing is right. I know the necessary uh, part of this happens. And I think they were all happy tears, but underneath, because at that moment, 18 years, 19 years flashes by in an instant, my thought was, where could I have done things with Mark more wholeheartedly along the way? And it just made me realize that my best imperfect abilities in those that I want to do things wholeheartedly for my family, I want to do things wholeheartedly for those around me that God has given me to take care of, and most importantly, wholeheartedly, I want to do that with my love for God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm glad I made it through that part. I actually built in a lighthearted part coming up coming up in case I had a little emotional crash right there. So I want to share some images with you here this weekend that it just seems like some half-hearted efforts were put in. If you go ahead and bring up that first picture, please. So I think this matches our time right now. There's no place we can go where we are not having to pay more right now than we ever have before, including free Wi-Fi starting at $59.99. And then the second one, I think some half-hearted efforts were put in in the construction of this slide. Uh, I really hope no one goes to that park into that slide. And then the last one here, 
So a solid bar of soap in a liquid soap dispenser. That is just not going to work out. And I want to change pace here for just a moment. Um, and I want to warn you about this last one because this one has room for um, controversy. This one has room for to be offensive to some people in here. And um, you might get up and, and walk out. I know this next picture is going to be particularly offensive to my friends over in children's ministry, but I had to get this off my chest. And if you'd bring up that next picture, please. You see this thing right here? This is at best a half-hearted effort at some sort of beverage, at some sort of form of pop or soda, and all I can say is once I tried it once, that never again. Thank you. Let me, let me tell you how they get the flavor in there. So if I stood up here and I held an orange and I wafted my hand slowly over that orange, creating a tiny bit of breeze, and then somebody in Denver held a sealed can, that's, that's how the flavor gets in there. No one is trying with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength on this product right here. We can do better. We have to do better. I know I want to just lighten the mood and, uh, for a moment here, but I want to tell you that giving half-hearted efforts or not loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength can have life-altering consequences. I want to break each one down for you just a bit here on how do we do it? How do we love God with all of our heart? Rick Warren describes this area as loving God with our words and our communication. That we can love God with all of our heart by honoring him in our communication. Whether we're telling stories, whether we're engaged in heart-to-heart -heart conversations, whether we're leading discussions or teaching or coaching or counseling, how we engage with our family, how we engage with our spouse, the way we engage with our presence on social media. Let us do this in a way that honors God and shows that we are loving him with all of our heart. Ephesians 4.29 says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. E either way, our words have power to either build up or tear down. Let's use those for the good, right? Let's use our power for the good, to restore, to build up, to, re to heal broken hearts. And when we are doing our words and using our words that way, we are loving God with all of our heart. Loving God with all of our soul, this is the closest thing that we have to emotions and feelings. When we have compassion for others, when we love God with all of our soul, it means that we care deeply about issues. We care for and about those who are in pain, those who are struggling, that we empathize with that state of their life. Again, out of the book of Ephesians, it says that to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Loving God with all of our mind, I see this as a couple ways that we can love God with our intellect. We don't have to be geniuses in order to love God in this way. Otherwise, this would be a class I would be out of but we can all offer something here to help solve issues, to work through problems, to be planners, to be organized, to bring God-given direction into a place that maybe lacks direction. 
The other part of loving our God with all of our mind is in our thought life. What, what is consuming us? Is there something in our thought life right now that's moving us more towards half-hearted compared to where we would like to be in the wholehearted category where we're drifting away? And loving God with all of our strength, we can do this by how we serve God out of the strength that he's already given us. How do we contribute to our family, to our community, to grace, to the world? The question we would ask ourselves is, what am I good at? And how do I love God in that way with my strength and my abilities, my influence, my talents, and my time? Another interesting thing that I came across is that even though we are called to love God in all of these areas, some of us are going to find that there's one area in particular that is it's way more natural for us just to kind of flow that way compared to the other areas. It might be easier for us to say, hey, I could really, I'm great at communicating. I'm great at that self-awareness. I might be able to do that. When I think about this for myself, I know how this is true for me and that I am able to love God much more naturally with my soul compared to the other areas. This doesn't give me a free pass in the other areas. It just means that it's easier for me, that I don't have to pay as much attention to loving him with my soul compared to the other areas that I need to focus on. I know in the other areas, I don't want to drift and make it look like I'm doing things half-heartedly. So I like to use this diagram. It's one that I've got in your bulletins for you. It's one that I've got up on the screens here this weekend. Let me give you, I'll use a little example of, um, and I'll use myself in an area that I need to work on. And I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here as I explain this to you and as I customize this. So one area that I need improvement on that maybe I've been doing half-heartedly, where I've drifted for a good uh, part of time is loving God with all of my strength. And here's where I'm going to customize it. Because as I was working on this message, I was really convicted about, you know what? You have not been taking care of your health very well for a good period of time. Now, there's nothing like seriously wrong with me, but I need to make some better decisions in my health. I know I need to get back into exercising on a more regular basis. I know there is pounds that have got to come off. And so at the bottom of my diagram, if I were filling this out, just below that circle or in that circle, I would write, love God with all my strength. On the left side of the diagram, you can see those words hooked and away. That side over there, that's where it shows us, okay, what, what is hooking me? What is taking me away from God and loving him with all my strength? And so I would write some things in there. I would say, not exercising enough takes me away from loving him with all my strength. Another thing, um, every now and then I joke about it, but I know it's really true. You know another thing that hooks me and takes me away from loving him with all my strength is raiding chocolate and peanut butter at 2 a.m., uh, that's doing nothing good for me. That's wiping out any exercise that I might have done for the day. Those are the away moves. Those are the half-hearted moves that I need to be aware of so that I can combat those with the right side of the diagram, the side that unhooks me from the other side, that takes me toward loving God with all my strength. Exercising, be aware of what I'm eating, better practices, not eating chocolate and peanut butter at 2 a.m., and for me, this has become an area, um, you know, it's, it's way more than willpower. It's me, way more than self-discipline. It has to become an area, a, a new area of obedience for me that God is calling me to and I've got to pay attention to it. 
I know this seems, might seem really simple to you, but sometimes in our minds, when we are processing things and things are colliding around in there, um, they don't always get done. But when we, we can take them from here, we can put them down on paper, process them that way. Some, now, an activity plan starts and we have a better chance of putting those into practice. This is, it's a great practical tool. I use this um, in sessions a lot when I'm meeting with people. It's something that you can use over and over. And if there's a place where God has been nudging you, it's like, oh, I'm gonna put love God with all of my mind on the bottom. What are the things taking me away? What are the things that are maybe pulling me half-hearted compared to where I really wanna be on the right side over there? These can help right the ship. These can help, you know, um, reduce the drift that's happening in our lives. Because sometimes it's just a little focus. That's all we need. And we would never know what may happen in our lives if we gave our all in a certain area. Some friends of ours bought this uh, top for their son when he was about three or four years old. Uh, not the kind of just little top that you can grab with your fingers and just spin this thing and you watch it rotate around and collide into things. But this top uh, was a big metal top. I think it was about so big around it. It had this plunger on top that if you worked this plunger over and over and down through this top, the faster and the longer the top would spin. They had this thing for a long, long time and uh, long enough for their uh, son to outgrow it and tossed it in the corner of the uh, you know, misfit toys never to be played with again. And several years later, the dad was laying in the room um, on, his, uh, the, on the floor with his son and they're playing and he happens to look over in that corner and the top's still sitting there. And so he pulls it out and he dusts it off and he says to his son now, he's like, I wonder how fast we could really get this thing going. What if we really, really revved this thing up and gave it, gave it our all, gave it everything we had? So he grabs and he is just working that plunger like faster and faster than he ever has before. And way more than just extreme speed that the top would produce or length of time that it spun around the room, uh, something happened that they never even knew existed in that top. That beautiful music started to play out of the top because they had gave it their all. It was always in there the whole time that they owned it, but they had no clue that it was in there. And something beautiful Something new happened because they gave it their all. And I wonder what new and beautiful things God has waiting for you when you take those steps to give your all, whatever it might be, heart, soul, mind, and strength. What beautiful things are waiting for us when we give things our all like God is asking us to do? Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we, um, we thank you that um, in your word, you show us ways, you show us directions, ways that we can go. Um, and Lord, even when we use the word command, we think, ooh, that sounds like it's forceful, but it's a direction that you would want us to go, Lord, that opens up things, opens up possibilities, new areas in our life that can be new and beautiful if we make ourselves available, if we give our all. Lord, so much lately, um, relationships have been on my mind and on my heart. And I just ask that in our relationships, we give them our 
all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To you, first and foremost, Lord, and that, that we would be amazed what would come out of that, the changes that would happen, the closeness that would we would happen when we would reconnect with those. Lord, I ask that you would just encourage our hearts today with the directions that you want us to move that are closer to you. And Lord, we love you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.